Welcome to Alert and Oriented, conversations about God between friends. Join Gary Barkalow and Sam Williamson as we talk about real life with the real God, really. In 2011, sometime between Christmas and New Year's, Gary and I were talking together, like we always do, we're just having a phone conversation. And Gary asked me if I had any New Year's resolutions, you know, for the new year upcoming in just a few days. And I said to him, you know, I just don't. I I had quit doing new, I think I had failed at almost every New Year's resolution I ever made. And, you know, sometimes I get through the month of January. I think there might've been a month I made it all the way through April, but I just had never found a New Year's resolution to move me, to, to, to really keep me motivated. And, and you said the same thing, Gary, you know, about yourself, but you said, you liked the idea of New Year's resolutions in general because there's it's some it's the beginning of the year. You're thinking about your life again. You want to reorient yourself in some ways. And you were saying you wish there was some way to have a good kind of New Year's resolution. And you and I just chatted some more like we always do, like we are right now. And I think you're the one. Now, you claim that you're not, but I think you're wrong. You came up with the phrase of saying, could we have a transcendent pursuit for the year. Do you remember this, Gary? Yeah, I do. I do. And and I was saying to you as we were talking about this back then that I I love what I love about the idea of a new year's resolution is it's intentional, right? We the idea is to be intentional about something. But the same experience, it it often didn't last and when when I really looked at it with my life, it wasn't even that significant. It might have been a good thing. And and I thought you know, the reason I drop it is because after a while I realize it's just not that significant, that profound to the life that God wants us to live. So, right. The idea was, could we find, could we think in terms of something that's, that is a transcendent pursuit for the year? So yes, I do remember that really I, well. I think your actual question that led to that phrase transcendent pursuit was you said, is there something transcendent that we can pursue, you know, and we've shortened it since then, but, but that captured me. Because so many of my New Year's resolutions have been sort of mundane, you know, don't eat desserts, exercise more, you know, eat better. Um, and they tended to be restrictive, discipline oriented, but sort of mundane. I think you once, although maybe it was me, once compared transcendent pursuits towards trivial pursuits, you know, sort of. <laughs> The idea is we, we, and you know, I don't mean to, I know people have had success with that, but I mean to say we wanted something life-changing. So we both challenged each other to take a day, think about it, and we met the next day. And for me, I, I prayed, I asked myself a bunch of questions, and I came up with a phrase just using two words. And my transcendent pursuit for 2012, I made it in 2011, but it was reflect and express. And the idea for me, reflect meant look around, observe things and think about it, meditate on it, you know, cogitate, you know, think about what it means. And then express means figure out somehow to put this, to articulate it. You know, C.S. Lewis says, you don't really understand something until you can explain it. So I wanted to be, be able to reflect on something enough till I could understand it. Now, the amazing thing for me was, the year before, I had made a, I hadn't made the New Year's resolution, but in my head, I sort of said, I'm going to do a blog every other week. And I just failed. You know, 
This year, I didn't make any of those kind of resolutions. I just said, I'm going to reflect and express. And I wrote 45 different articles. And it was just fun. Yeah. I was looking around at the world at me and I was, you know, in my own heart, how I reacted to things, what I saw at Panera when I was in the, you know, waiting for a friend. And I just reflected on it and I just figured out how to express what I thought was the truth that I was observing. And it totally sold me on Transcendent Pursuits. Right. And I believe it was shortly after that or during or in that time period when you started writing a book. Um, so, so let me, yeah. So let me say that I think, Sam, trying the best I can to remember, you know, 10 years ago or so, that we took more than a day. I think we took a week or two to think about this before we got back to each other. Now, we probably did talk about it during those weeks. But I remember one of the one of the Transcendent Pursuits that I ended up going with one year was when I ran across that scripture in the Gospels where Jesus heals the paralytic. And he tells him to pick up his mat, pick up his bed, and go. And I remember reading that. It was that moment when I had that sense that God said, okay, this is for you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to pick up your calling, and I want you to move. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew it was God because as soon as that sense came in me, I realized, you know, I think I've been kind of paralyzed in what I know of, at that moment of my calling um, for, for various reasons, just paralyzed, not moving, hesitant, uh, confused. And I felt like God said, you know more than you're admitting right now. And that just move in what I've given you, just start moving in it, start offering it in small ways. And that was a change for me. That that was a big moment for me to kind of re-engage my life and have to rethink what has held me back. What have I been stumbling over, afraid of, terrified by, confused about, and then start to offer? So that was that was very much a transcendent moment and year for me. That, and it was a pursuit because with that, the idea of now go pursue it, it wasn't just check it off, but pursue it. So that... That was huge for me. Your transcendent pursuits are always more poetic than mine. Reflect and express (laughs) sounds so mundane, although it wasn't mundane for me. But I love yours. Pick up your calling. No, what was it? You've laid your calling aside. Pick up your calling and move with it. And so the chance to think, how have I let it down? I love your capturing. I was paralyzed, just like the man was paralyzed. I, I think it's great. I... I've had some successes and some failures, honestly. Um, one, of my, one of the ones that I really loved was, I, I think this was five or six years ago, I just took the chance to take the year to say, what does it mean to live my life as an artist? And I didn't mean that I took up painting or drawing or poetry. What I meant was, if what God has put on my heart could be called artistry instead of a calling, you know, just to using a different metaphor, how would what I'm doing be artistry? And I'm telling you, I spent, I spent the year reading books about artistry. I spent the year meditating on what, how I could articulate what I'm doing as artistry. And it was fantastic. I I bet I have 50 pages of notes on that. Um, And and, and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So let me mention one more of mine. And, and, And I will say this, there was one year when we did this and I put something together and I sent it out to a number of people, you know, kind of people involved with the noble heart with us. And 
I think I really did it to impress them, to, to for them to go, wow, you and the noble heart, you are really up to something big. And I had a number of those people who were friends. They knew me, um, who came back and said, are you sure this is your transcendent pursuit? This feels more like you know, goals for the year for the ministry, objectives, goals, a vision. And they were exactly right. I put it together quickly. I didn't know what it was I wanted to do. What was God speaking to me? And, and they really challenged me and I needed that. Now, let me give you one more. Let me give you one that I think was very much from God. And that was one where I felt like I, this scripture had come back to me where it said, where Paul said, um, one man plants, another waters, but it is God that brings the increase. And this verse came back to me as I'm praying, saying, God, what is it you want to pursue? What is it in me you want me to pursue? What is it in me that you want me to go deeper into? And that's really what I spent the year thinking about. Now, to be really honest, it wasn't every day. It wasn't ever every week. Sometimes I forgot for a period of time. And I'd read in my journal that, and then I'd go, that's right. This is what God wants me to focus on. But it really was, I just wanted to understand, what does it mean that I just may be a planter? I may just be a water, but God is the one that brings the increase. It's not me. He just says, do what I've given you to do and let me do with it as I will. And, and Sam, you know me well enough that that's something I always struggle with, the, the idea of taking responsibility for making things happen for fruit. And, and God was speaking to a very deep I don't think part you struggle me. with it. I think you just give in and take responsibility. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing you. Sounds like, yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing you. Yeah, I, know I know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> you take on a lot of things. Yeah. So, so everyone, as we do this podcast, and um, we just want to say this will be a little different than what we've done before. Often, Sam and I are just talking about something about that we have been thinking about in the last week or two. Uh, but now we are reaching back to something, as you've heard from us already, that we have been doing now for years. And we want to encourage you to do the same thing because it's been so helpful for us in our walk with God. So this may be a little different. We want to share with you the things that we have learned, the things that we have done. And then at the end, give you some ideas of how to do this for yourself. So it'll be a little bit different. Yeah, it's going to be some teaching, some sharing, some encouragement, mm -hmm. and just some teaching, all because of a conversation we had. Yeah. I mean, this, this is one of the things that I want to keep coming back to is friendships can change each other's lives. I mean, I think we've changed each other's lives with, with 10 years of mostly pretty good trivial, not trivial, transcendent pursuits that have really changed our lives. Yeah. So, Gary, how is a transcendent pursuit different than just a New Year's resolution? You know, maybe in your words. Yeah. Um, you know, a New Year's resolution is typically a goal that we want to accomplish. Um, it, it's an activity. It's an accomplishment. And in my thought, a transcendent pursuit is something it can only be pursued we may never check it off, but we're getting closer to it because it's deep. It's, it's transcendent. It transcends the moment. It, it, it really has much to do with what we believe God is up to in our life and through our life and for the kingdom. 
versus the tasks he wants us to accomplish, the shape that he wants us to be in spiritually and physically. It's it's a deeper thing. And, and to me, it's very, it's very relational with God. It's about us and God and then with the community he's placed us in. And again, I, I love the word pursuit, right? It, it doesn't mean it's it's accomplished and now over and checked off. It's a continual pursuit. I, I, the thing that strikes me about the word pursuit is we tend to use it, the word pursuit, with something that's very big and very profound. You know, we pursue the heart of God. We pursue our spouse. Uh, we pursue, as, as one, one of your, your transcendent pursuits was, we pursue our artistry knowing we'll never fully get there. It's something we continue to go after. So that's kind of how I would pursue, I would describe a transcendent pursuit versus a resolution. How would you, how would you describe it? Well, the only thing I would add, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think the thing that I would add is it's usually not measurable. You know, so many New Year's resolutions are measurable. I'm going to exercise 30 minutes a day, three times a week. Um, I think in this, it's not measurable, as you're saying. It's it's something deeper, mystical. It's usually a set of questions, like, how have I laid my calling down? How am I supposed to pick it up? How is God asking me to water in this moment? You know, even though somebody else planted and someone else is going to harvest, you know, it's, it's, it's a set of questions in a certain sense that we're pursuing answers for. But like, but it's not like we won't arrive and it's not like we need to arrive, you know, and I say, what does it mean to live life as an artist? It was fun, but I didn't have a checklist. It wasn't measurable. I would say another way it's different is I think of trivial. (laughs) I think of new year's resolutions. I am sorry. I think of new year's resolutions is more discipline oriented and it's sort of, I'm going to grip my teeth and discipline myself Whereas I think a transcendent pursuit is investing in gifts. So instead of restricting weaknesses, disciplining my weaknesses, being hard with my weaknesses, I want to say God has given me some gifting and I want to feed that gifting. I want to nurture that gifting. I want to grow in that gifting that God has given me. And so it's less, it's not so much focused on getting rid of weaknesses as advancing God-given strengths. Yeah, I think that's really good. And so the word that comes to me, as you say, gifting and all is, is the word God-given desires, right? We're pursuing, trying to understand and pursue what is this very much God-centered, God-ordained desire that he's put in me. And I want to go after that rather than my goal is to simply eliminate the things that I don't like or I think God doesn't like. I, it, it, that's such a different thing. And most resolutions are about eliminating things in our life. So l- let me read a passage that I think is so good with this. And it's Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. But I want to read it in the message version, the way that Eugene Peterson kind of put it in his own words. As you often talk about, Sam, in your in your book and in your seminar of hearing God, of, of how do we put it into our own words to understand we do know what God is saying. So this is how he wrote this. He said, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. 
And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourself out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick and mending fences. And I love that because it, he talks about pouring yourself out, pursuing something, and not in fits and starts. It's a constant pursuit because it's who you really are, and ultimately is for others as well. I, I just that inspires me in this idea of a transcendent pursuit. I like that. Um, what, what verse was that in message again? You was the second verse. Ephesians four one and two okay. in the message version. Yep. I would say one other component of a transcendent pursuit is it tends it's spiritual. We want to grow as children of God. I, I think it's a clear connection with God to say, what are you up to in my life in this season, in this moment? So God, you know, we might be nearing graduation from college. We might be nearing graduation from work, you know, and retiring. And we're saying, God, what are you up to in this moment? I want to recognize what you're doing and I want to cooperate with it. I know that you're moving in me in, in some ways, some of my heart, you're moving in me in some ways. I want to cooperate with your activity. What is the curiosity you have put in my heart? How can I adopt your heavenly agenda over my earthly agenda? But it's very closely connected with God. I mean, I remember one of my transcendent pursuits was the idea of saying, what does it mean to have the life of God in me? And I just spent a year saying, what does that mean if the life of God is really in me? And it was a connection with God. You know, I'm reading, you know, about I am the vine, you're the branches. I'm reading all kinds of things about God's life in me. And I, I do think a key part of a transcendent pursuit is focusing on um, the connection with God and what is God up to in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And that and that transcendent pursuit you just mentioned is, is so powerful. You know, I, th- I think of the phrase, I don't remember where I heard this, but that God is shaping our soul for something. And the transcendent pursuit is trying to discover what's the something right now that he's shaping as he's shaping our entire life and soul and saying, I, I want to be on board with that, right? I want to pursue that with you, God, in my life. Right. So it's so much bigger than something mundane is something about our desire, what God's put in us versus what we're trying to eliminate. And it's the godly desire. I mean, when I was doing the transcendent pursuit that said live life as an artist, they said I read a bunch of books on artistry. And one of them was by a woman named Dorothy Sayers, who was a contemporary and friend of C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. She was a professor at Oxford. And she wrote a book called Mind of the Maker. And I just want to read a quote from this. She said, and she's talking about doing the things that God has put in our heart that we long for, we desire, we love. So what she said is, when a job is undertaken from necessity, the worker is self-consciously aware of the toils and pains that he or she goes under. But when the job is a labor of love, the sacrifices present themselves to the worker, strange as it may seem, in the guise of enjoyment. Moralists look on this and they always judge the former kind of sacrifice is more admirable than the latter because moralists, whatever he or she may pretend, have more respect for pride than love. She says, I do not mean that there's no nobility in in doing unpleasant things from a sense of duty. I mean that there is more nobility doing them gladly. 
out of sheer love of the job. Yeah. And what I like about that is I want to do the things that God has put on my heart gladly, joyfully. I think I spend sometimes more of my time disciplining myself, gritting my teeth and doing this as a sacrifice than doing this as a delight of what God has put on my heart. Yeah, and isn't that the attractive thing in people that we know who are walking with God, growing, is that there is this there is this joy and delight in their life as they follow God. Not because things are easy, but simply because they are after something good. They want something good in their life. They know God is after it. So so let me let me read you a quote now. Because you know, you and I have been talking about this for years. So this is not a new thing, but I love this quote, and to me, it says a similar but different thing that you just read by Dorothy Sayers. And, and Larry Crabb wrote, when we lose the larger story, life becomes a litany of do's and don'ts, things we need to do to be good Christians. It feels like an endless succession of chores and errands. Self-denial becomes a way of hating our desires rather than a means of allowing God to move us to deeper levels of passion. It's legalistic rather than exciting. I think it's just saying another thing. It's just we, you know, if, if we think about transcendent pursuit, we understand that we are living in a much larger story than what we feel often every day, which is, again, the, the, the chore of mundane tasks, of do's and don'ts, of errands, you know. And so in this in this idea of, of getting a, a transcendent pursuit, um, I think we're trying to think beyond these things that Dor Dorothy Sayers uh, described and Larry Crabb described and saying, so what is that thing? And pursue it. You know, I, again, I think it's just an extraordinarily profound thing in, in our life to do this kind of thing. I do too. And I, I don't want to poo-poo or trivialize too much the New Year's resolutions. I know they work for some people. This year, I lost 30 pounds through discipline. I mean, I think it's a good thing that I discipline myself. So I'm not, I'm not rejecting that. I'm saying we Christians have a tendency, as Dorothy Sayers and Larry Crabb is saying, to focus more on the to-do lists than we do to embracing the joy of a father who says, I've given you something delightful to do. Right. So let's move on to how do how do let's help people let's teach them how we develop a transcendent pursuit and the first thing i want to say is gary and i have found this so helpful to do this with friends i mean we're going to give you a few different suggestions but our first strong suggestion is it really works better to do with friends partly because we encourage each other and remind each other. And partly I learned from Gary's transcendent pursuit. I mean, as Gary's learning it and thinking about it, he's teaching me that's exciting for me. I hope it works the other way too. Yes. Uh, but also I feel like the transcendent community, transcendent pursuit builds community. It really is a way to build friendship and develop friendship because you're doing this together. And I get an insight into your soul, into your life, into who you are and you into mine. Um, we do want to offer, we have an online community called the Noble Heart Community, and we have a place in that community. We have a page where if you want to do this with other people, you can do that. And Gary, I can't remember the web, the actual web URL. What's, do you remember what it is? I'm not sure for the Noble Heart Community, but we'll put that on the podcast page okay. for people. In the minutes, in the uh, show notes. Yes. 
But if you can't do it in the Noble Heart community, forward this podcast to a friend or to a group of friends, and they could be your next door neighbor, or they could be somebody who's living across the country from you. Gary and I, Gary lives in Colorado. I live in Michigan. Yeah. Forward it to them, listen to it. And then we have some suggestions and Gary, Gary has six questions that he normally asks himself each year. I have six questions that I normally ask myself and we sort of share each other's questions too. So Gary, do you want to just share your six questions that you do? You take a significant time. Why don't you share the process? Yeah. And, and let me say with what you said about friends. So yeah, Sam, you and I do this with each other. We have a number of other people that we've invited in that we do the same thing with. Yep. And it inspires me. But but let me just say, like when I hear your transcendent pursuits, I think that's you. I believe God is really saying that to you. I'm confirming what you've what you've sensed God is saying for you to pursue for that year. But I don't feel the pressure that I need to take that on for me because I'm different. And so good friends will not necessarily have to, you know, adopt each other's transcendent pursuits, but you're inspired by it. You want to go deeper. You confirm it with each other. So it's just so incredibly important. So here are the questions that that have helped. Why don't you me. tell them our process? I forgot. You know, what do we suggest somebody does? Like they take some in, uninterrupted time to. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So, yeah, let me say again, and, and we, we kind of alluded to it in the very, very beginning of this, that, you know, this wasn't a, a 10 minute exercise in the morning or before we went to bed. We literally took days, and I don't mean eight hour days, we would take maybe a half an hour each day for two weeks, just pursuing God through these questions, writing down, how is our heart reacting to these questions? Which question really can we answer and which ones just don't resonate with us? Uh, Praying through these things, reading scripture, sharing with each other, you know, where where Sam could go back to me and say, "Are, are you sure that that's something that you want to pursue for the years, it does sound like it's something just in the moment that you need to do, or you feel pressure. And but we would journal these things. So we want to c- encourage you to take time, whatever that significant time is for you. It may be hours, it may be an hour at a time over a period of time, but it's uninterrupted. It's not while you're watching TV or listening to a podcast. It's finding that moment in that place where you you're able just to hear God and hear your heart at the same time and take the time to do that and journal. Of course, just to think about things uh, is not going to be helpful because the next thing you think about usually eliminates the first thing you thought about. So it's writing these down and understanding, seeing the pattern. Does that, does that capture some of it, Sam, or anything else you want to add to that part? Absolutely. Okay. I think that was good. Okay. So let me give you the questions. questions. Let me give the questions that I have worked through that that help me, um, and perhaps they will help you as well. And again, we'll put these in the show notes, uh, and you will find them also in the Noble Heart community if you decide to go there um, and, and then work with others in that. So here are some of my questions. What have you, now speaking to myself, what have you dreamed of becoming or doing? Taking the time to say, what, what did I want to become? What did I want to do? Maybe I lost those dreams and to pull those back again. Is there a craft, an artistry, a skill that you would like to gain or hone or master? You know, I, I always wanted to be able to, that kind of question. Here's another one. One year from now, looking back, what will you be glad? 
that you began to pursue. In other words, you're realizing, so I'm so glad I'm here. And the reason I'm here now is because I began a year ago to pursue this. What is that? Another question, what is that one thing that you've always wanted to try that you think could make a difference for someone or something? Again, reaching back, what is it you always wanted to try? Um, and maybe you've forgotten it. Maybe you put it away for one reason or another, but what is that one thing? Another question, and I particularly love this question. It really speaks to me. If God said to you, this one piece of my kingdom is yours, now perfect it and offer it, what do you think that piece of his kingdom would be for you? I think that's an intriguing question. <laughs> and the last one I had down here that I, I work through is, what do I keep coming back to? Or what keeps coming back to me? Again, maybe it's something I've never really pursued, but it keeps coming back to me in desire, an idea, a thought. And, and, and what is that? So Sam, those questions are the ones I typically keep asking myself that help me. Okay. I love you. I love your questions. I do love the idea of what if God gave you one piece of your kingdom. I mean, it's sort of where God gives Adam and Eve this garden. And he says, I want you to tend it. You know, you know that he's put in their hearts, gardening hearts. And he's saying, what is your garden? You know, I think that's terrific. Um, here are my questions. I, it starts by saying, what is God stirring in you? Now, when we did this originally, I felt the words reflect and express came to me pretty quickly. Now, I went through a, a bunch of exercise trying to think about it, but it's almost like they came spontaneously because this is something that was stirring in me. In fact, Gary, I don't know if you remember this, but at your calling retreat, the retreat where we do, do the intensive and we have a bunch of exercises. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the exercises is a passion word exercise. Years after we did our first transcendent pursuit, I went back and I happened to be going through all my old passion word exercises. And my first two words were reflect and express, you know, which is, so God has been stirring this in me for years and I didn't connect it when we did the transcendent pursuit. So, but just to say, what is God stirring? Or another way of saying that is, what is God's activity in your life? How can you cooperate? What season are you in? Those are all sort of about God. What is God up to? My next question is, what are you curious about? I mean, if you look at your whole life, there's just something that has stirred you. I mean, you want to know about artistry. You want to know about painting. You want to know about colors. You want to understand things. What are you always curious about? Another one is, what is the one truth that you would love to express? I mean, I have a friend who really wants to talk about the fatherhood of God, and he does it. This is like the truth he wants to express is God's fatherhood, but then us as the children, you know, what does it mean to be a child of God? And I would say, if he was listening to this, he would say, I want to pursue more clearly what does it mean to understand the fatherhood and us as children of God? What is that truth that you feel God has put on your heart? It's sort of like your kingdom question is, you know, what is the one bit of the kingdom God has given you? This is the, what is the one truth you want to express? I would say my second to last question is what are those moments in, in your life where you said that is good? You know, God, when he made creation, he, he separated, he's made light and darkness. He said, it is good. I think it's fine. When we look back at our life, we said, I love doing that. I mean, maybe we didn't say it was good. Maybe we said, I wish it was a little bit better, but I loved it. 
And it's something inside you said, that's good. I think the last question is, what do you always see? You know, when, when you go to a party, what do you see? When you watch a movie, what do you see? When you read a book, what do you see? What do you just keep seeing? What's that truth? What is it that almost has an urgency inside you that you just, you almost can't lay it down no matter how hard. It's a compelling inside you. What is that? What do you keep seeing? What's that compelling? What has an urgency for you? You know, Sam, uh, when you talked about that, that thing that you say, that is good. Yeah. I, I was so taken by that when you first shared it, because I thought, right, when God did things, when he was done in the beginning, in Genesis, the creation, every time he was done, he said, that is good. Yeah. That is good. And, and I think as creators, which you often talk about being that we are creators, artists, there are things that we do that our heart says, oh, that was good. <laughs> and, and discovering what that is, asking that question, or I think about, you know, Paul in 2 Thessalonians 1.11, where he says, um, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. And that, so that question of what is your desire for goodness, your desire for goodness, that is such a great question. I mean, that is a transcendent question. That is so good. So we suggest that you go through these questions, Gary's questions in mind, you don't have to do all 12, um, but you go through the questions and then periodically you get together with your friend, you Zoom, you phone call, you meet over coffee, depending on where you live, and you share your progress. So I'm not saying if you take two weeks to do this, that you only talk to your friend at the end of it. I think you can talk several times during the process. So let me tell you what I, you know, when, when Gary said, what is that piece of the kingdom? I love that question. Let me tell you what I think it is, you know, share it. And you don't even have to wait for the formal times. Gary and I sometimes would just call each other up and say, let me tell you what I'm thinking. But you could set up some formal time. So I say share those things. But when you're done with the questions, each of you come down and write down two or three possible transcendent pursuits. What struck you? And share it with the other person. Let the other person offer comments or questions and say, you know, that Gary, that sounds good. Why does that stir you? You know, you can even ask each other questions. And then at the end of that time, each of you choose one. And then take some time to pray and give it to God. I think. I think, Sam, that last thing, especially you said is really important is choose one. Yeah. Because in the past, the, where I really failed was when I, I kind of came up with a to-do list. And secondly, I had 15 things on there. <laughs> and it really was a to-do list. But pick that one thing, because I, I think something in the realm that we're talking in, there's probably just only one you can pursue for the year. So you find the, the one. And, and the thing about a, a good friend is if he is a good friend, he's going to remember what you said, and he's going to occasionally, or when you are talking, he's going to say, so let me take you back to your transcendent pursuit, and how is that going? That's what we need to hear. And, and we're not talking really accountability in, in realms of that. We're talking about reminders, encouragement, processing it out loud with a friend. Uh, that's just so incredibly important that we do that. So yes to everything you said. Yep. And I just want to you know, add one reminder, and that is this really the whole process is really a way of just connecting with God. Yeah. What is God doing in our hearts? Um, you know, even if you're not a writer, my first reflect and express, most of my writing is I'm, um, I'm processing an issue with God. 
I'm processing what does it mean to, to forgive? I'm processing what does it mean to see the to see the world around me and how it's influencing. My all my articles are really processing with God. So even if you're not a writer, you could do reflect and express because that's not about being a writer. It's about saying, what is God teaching me in this moment? It's being aware of what God is teaching. So all of these really are about connecting with God and what God is up to us in our life. So yeah. And so we will put in again the show notes, we will put in. If, you, if you'd like to join us in the Noble Heart community, we'll put on a link uh, that you can click on. And it is a private community. It, it's similar to Facebook, but it's just people who want to pursue God, hearing him and walking in their calling. So not anybody can just read or see it. So if you want to become part of that, and it's absolutely free, um, we'll, we'll give you that link. You can join us. And Sam and I will be sharing in time what our Transcendent Pursuit is as well. So um, we're, we really hope that you want to pursue this to do this in your own life because it's made such a difference in ours. God bless y'all. And we really hope this works for you. I mean, I, I, I give it a shot. I think that you're really going to, what's that show? He likes it. You know, I, I think you're really going to like it. I really do. Yeah. God bless y'all. See you. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it and visit our websites thenobleheart.com and beliefsoftheheart.com for more resources in living the eternal life with God today. You'll find articles, videos, and online classes. See you next week.